Hello and welcome to Unbounded Growth, a podcast that challenges you to grow and become a better version of yourself. My name is Mark Allen, and together with my friend Adam, we share thoughts and ideas from the books that we read and how they enhance our personal growth and development. We also host other readers and leaders. We learn from the experiences through our discussions. Our episodes here every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for listening in and let's grow together on Bonded Growth. All right, all right. Good morning and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Unbounded Growth, your podcast for growth and inspiration, leadership, and everything in between. My name is Mark Allen. I'm, a, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, my friend, Adam Shabindo. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, Mark. I just uh, uh, this past weekend here, I attended a friend's wedding, so my voice is a little bit gone. It's, it was the very first time, actually, I got to do, I got to spend, actually, a full weekend where I'm not doing any PhD related work. <laughs> I'm not even acting like anybody who has like, you know, the standard, if I can say, of a PhD dude. I remember sitting around on a table with somebody mm. and we were making so much noise. And you know, there's always that one person in the group who wanna, you know, seems to be like mature, I guess, right. or very serious and about. And I remember him mentioning to people just around the tables, like telling me directly, like, I thought you were a serious guy. I'm like, I don't know how you define serious actually here. <laughs> um, serious, because the way I look at serious is like integrity, a person of integrity, a person of values and morals and so on. Right. But you, I don't know how you define ser- that serious means a guy in a suit, in the, you know, bottomed up shirt with a briefcase. Or <laughs> is that how serious it is? Or, or is there a guy who is just in the corner quiet and uh, in a party and, Right. basically getting everybody as bored. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an environment where I did not get to do PhD work. I did not have to act like anybody who was running a company or doctor or anything whatsoever, a scientist. I just said to be just a normal, regular human being, uh, just enjoying the party. It was, that's, that's amazing. So my voice is gone. <laughs> that, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, always, it's always crazy, all the stereotypes that oh, people can have on other people, the things that we... The way we define our world or the way we think this is the right way to do to do things, this is not the right way to do things. And it's always interesting to see how, how that happens. My, my weekend, uh, I got to be a full-time father. Most <laughs> <So, laughs> <so. laughs> uh, of the time, we, uh, we split the job with we, we Plamedi, but last weekend, she spent a lot of time preparing for exam. Thank God she passed it. Nice, and, nice. and for the whole day, uh, I was I was with Adam Blaze, just you know, sitting here <laughs> trying to be a father. It, it's challenging. <laughs> so, so, sounds very rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was very rewarding. I, I loved it. I loved it. And uh, Adam Blaze baby dedication was was on Sunday. Oh, we, amazing! We, we had a great, great time <laughs> going to church. We're glad he didn't cry during the service. He so. <laughs> 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 tend it tends to cry a lot, but but yeah, that's that's amazing. So the first thing I would like us to start with today, I know this is a promise we made to y'all. Uh, maybe three, four episodes ago when we first started, is what are the strategies that we used to read? Um, you know, as I told you all as about myself, with everything that I do, I still find time to read about a, a book a week. I actually started doing that exercise this week. Last week, I was actually able to achieve two books because I listened to one and I read another one. That's which amazing. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> made, me, made me go a little faster. But one of the things that I personally do, and Adam will share with you all, is strategy. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna read books more, the first thing that I, I always tell people, and we talk about this when we talk about atomic habits, is change your identity. When you think about yourself as a person who reads book, 
versus a reader. Just the changing in those wording can 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 make a huge difference. I don't say to people that I read books. I tell people I'm a reader. That's my identity. And what do readers do? Readers read books. Yeah. Which forces me to think more in terms of like, okay, I have to read a book or I need to read a book. Uh, read booking, reading books uh, was not was not a hobby for me. I started reading books because I wanted to learn, because I wanted to grow, because I wanted to develop myself. That's why I, I haven't read a lot of books in fiction and things of that nature. They're great books, but I, I just haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that. But what helps me in my discipline, first off, was identifying myself as a reader. The second thing I do, I schedule my reading. Like, Every day, I know, for example, from 8 p.m. to 8.30, I'll be reading. And, and my wife also knows that. She knows that when I'm reading, that's not a time to start chatting. That's not a time to start having conversation. That's the time for me to read. And blocking out all those distractions, turning off my phone, and just being there with my book in my room for 15 to 20 minutes makes me read a little faster than if I was reading a page and having a chat here, reading another page and being on my social media and browsing through the internet without doing anything, you know, productive. Just blocking out that time has helped me a lot into into reading them. The third thing, I discovered this in 2014. I finished reading up a book and then I didn't have another book. So the time for me to get the book from Amazon, you know, or whatever bookstore that you, you go to, took broke the momentum that I already had. So right now as we're speaking, I think Adam can look over my shelf or my, my, my refrigerator where I keep some of my books. I have about five to ten books that I haven't opened. And I know deep inside of me that once I'm done with this book, this is my next book, and this is the book that will come after that. And just sometimes looking at the titles, of course, never judge a book by, by its cover, but trust me, some of the titles on books just make you want to read those books. And, and looking at over a book, I'm like, you know, I need to finish this book first and go on to the next one. So, Adam, what's your strategy? Yeah, uh, mine is, is a little bit different. And again, everything comes with identity, actually. Once I actually, It's what you tell yourself mm. that matters. And I think we, we talked about it when we talked about who moved my cheese and, right. and so on. Mm. Um, about this, That's the question of identification mm-hmm. over there. Once I changed my narrative... I hated reading books. Uh, the way I went through school, actually, it's a funny story. The way I went through high school with readings, I never read the novels. You see, like... We, I didn't do that yeah, either. We had it's mandatory funny. novels to read. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I can be a very creative guy. So what happens is I would just use uh, basically my creativity. What I would do, I would read... Um, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I would read the introduction so I know who are the characters in the book. <laughs> I'll read somewhere like the catchiest um, chapter of the book. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll read the summary in the back, whatever the book was about. Everything else I interpolated. And when I interpolated it, it's actually interesting. When I'm doing my book presentations, what I used to do is that I would take uh, my interpolation. I wouldn't be, I would take the lessons from the book right. and change those into Okay, I, co- I used to call it what is the psychology of the author. Mm-hmm. I score high grades on all my book presentations. <laughs> I never read a single book because mm-hmm. it was, um, yeah, basically I would show, uh, what I would actually show is like, yeah, how is this book relevant to today's world? Mm-hmm. What are the lessons you can get from it? And I created right. even my own lessons. Right. But when it came to now, when I started now reading, um, mm-hmm. I, I had to change the concept about me. 
And then I had to set goals, actually. Mm. What do I want to accomplish with reading? Mm-hmm. And as Mark said, I don't read fictions. I don't read stories. And mm-hmm. I don't read romance. Uh, and there's nothing wrong great. with that. A it lot is, of people great, read them. Actually. It's amazing, yeah. actually. It's amazing because those stuff um, kind of like enrich your vocabulary. They they get you to see uh, like the world in the other's uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. But I read books to grow. I read to learn. I read to lead. So mm-hmm. most of my reading our leadership mm-hmm. i do a little bit of finance reading and investment reading and, and so on but most of my studies are on leadership actually right so i have a goal i have a clear goal i'm trying to develop a program for leadership where i'm training people on leadership so i read a lot on leadership mm-hmm. now as mark said i also use one of the techniques is actually i learned that and we're going to talk about atomic habit mm-hmm. so i learned on atomic habit that you need to have a designated spot for things yep in my apartment i have a corner when i'm on that corner my brain is already switched on reading more. Reading, yeah. So that is one thing. Most importantly now, I combine both the reading and listening. listening. I have the transcripts mm-hmm. on my hand. That's why I go through books really fast. Right. In one month, actually, I think it was April, I read six, seven books in a month. Mm-hmm. What I did is I have the transcripts on my iPad right. or on my phone, mm-hmm. and I have my headphones on. Mm. And I will be just following through mm. as um, the audio is going, Mm-hmm. I am actually following through on my phone and highlighting. That's has worked. It helped me go faster. It helped me go so know what it's actually about because I'm reading and listening at the same time. Uh, and when I don't have the actual time to do that, mm. I just listen to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what's funny is because there is a free audio library for books that anybody can access as long as you have internet access. YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of books on YouTube. As a matter of fact, any, any book that you want to read, if you want to listen to the book, just search it on YouTube. If you cannot find it, then of course you can go to options like Audible and things like that. But YouTube is is definitely one of those options out there that has a lot of things. Uh, the other the other the other thing that Adam mentioned, which is very important in reading as well, is creating an environment where you can read. You cannot say that you're a reader and there's no books around you. I mean, at what time are you going to start reading? It's like wanting to go to the gym and you have, you don't even have running shoes. You don't even have like sweatpants that you can use while, when you're exercising and stuff like that. You need to learn, we need to learn, all of us need to learn to trick our brain into into believing that we are readers into knowing that this environment is for reading and and having that special chair where you sit down you say this is the corner where i come to read as soon as you sit in that corner you leave your devices away if if social media is a big temptation for you leave your device away for five minutes you're not gonna die you know and and which uh, i hate to remind people of that because lately it's like if i don't have my phone for five minutes then it's the end of the world you you can leave your phone for an hour and you're still going to yeah. be okay you know and 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 we talk about 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 that book in the future it's a book actually i'm talking about books that have titles to attract you the title of the book is 10 reasons for quitting social media and it goes through a list of telling you he was an engineer at Google and he said, you know what? No, these social media media are doing more more harm than good. But that's not the subject for today. Today, we want to talk about a very interesting book. It's a small book, but it's not. It looks small, but that book is definitely not small. It's a book that teaches you that if you eat a frog every day, you can achieve about anything you want in life. 
And that's actually that's that, that's a, that's a really good kind of a catch that like punchline over there. I couldn't I couldn't make the correlation actually between the content and the title. And I remember in high school, I used to you know my friends used to hate me when they their book presentation mm -hmm. because one of the things I used to ask actually in French things get tough, right? Right. In French, the the like you know figure of speeches and right. the, like over hundred figure of speeches and yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, okay. Is the author? I will ask somebody. Is the author using a figure of speech in the title <laughs> oh, of the sorry. book? Okay, can you build for me a bridge between the title and the content, and the content. of the book? So it's kind of one of those books that, oh yeah, it's like eat a frog. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay. So I'm expecting something related to that in the book. And, and we're not we're not making this up. <laughs> yeah. Literally, the title of the book is eat that frog. Absolutely, that's and, what and it is. So. When I opened up this book, the first time I was like, okay, now I want to learn what are the benefits of eating a frog because <laughs> everything I learned about frogs yeah. in the past was not, was not very good or beneficial to me. So, uh, the story about the book, it, it doesn't use, Brian Tracy is the author and doesn't use a lot of metaphor in this book. It's pretty much going straight to the point. It's one of those books that, you know, is teaching you lessons. That's why I say this book is small, but it's not because it's about a hundred pages. But when you start going through the lessons, it has 21 methods of teaching you how to eat a frog. And we tell you what a frog is in a few minutes here. And then when you start going one by one, some chapters are like literally two pages. But the lessons that are in those chapters will require you to sit down, maybe think about, maybe write down a few stuff. And as a matter of fact, he recommends a lot of writing throughout, throughout this book. So the title of the book is Eat That Frog, and it's by Brian Tracy. In the introduction of the book, he starts by doing something that I would expect him to do. He said, defining the frog. What is, what is a frog? So the frog, the way Brian Tracy is defining it, is the most difficult task that you have in a day, but you need to do it. And 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 he gives it gives a lot of a lot of analogies. Like the first quote, for example, in the introduction, it talks about uh, I think about three or four, four four different points, four to five different points in the introduction itself. And the first one, he teaches. He says, learn to be selective. When you have goals, when you have multiple things that you want to achieve in life, you, you, you have to learn to be selective. And he gives this, this example, which is really funny. He says, if you have two frogs, eat the ugliest one first. And the metaphor that he's using there to explain what he's trying to say is that when you have two, difficult, two different difficult tasks, start with the hardest first. Which is contrary to what we've been taught our lives. Absolutely. If you have two things that are hard, start with the easy one first, and then you give you the courage to do the hard one. The problem is that when you start with the easy one first, then you lose all your energy that you should have used on, on the hard one. So this book has 21 chapters, as I said. This is the introduction, and we we're probably going to split this into three different sections. Uh, today we talk probably about four to five, maybe six at most. And then next week, again, we talk about six others or seven. And then at the end, we talk about the rest of it. So the first one he teaches here is learn to be selective. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and just as you say, actually, it's, it's funny that our entire life, if you go in school, mm -hmm. they will tell you, okay, solve the easiest questions first on the exam. And then go to the And the then go back to the hardest questions. Mm -hmm. Of course, it has its benefits, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but in here, in real life, things don't work that way. Exactly. Uh, in real life... It's about reward. Actually, even in school, mm -hmm. it's about actually what are you getting at the end of exactly. the day. Like, think about it. If the easy question 
is worth one point, one point exactly. and a hard question <laughs> is worth 10 points, then I don't think I want to spend my time on the one-point question while I can solve the 10-point question. And that's exactly the point, actually, <laughs> that we're making over here. Right. It's saying, okay, uh, people who actually solve the toughest problems in humanity or the toughest issues, actually, they face the biggest problems, they're the ones who get rewarded more. Mm. And that's the whole point of actually eating the ugliest frog first mm. uh, instead of basically going for the for the e easy task mm. and we're going to be going over here um over a, where he's actually talking about acting immediately exactly like get directly into action don't mm. uh don't push it for another second don't push it for another day just take the action directly and this helps you actually, uh, the subtitle of the book actually says 21 ways to stop procrastinating. And I know all of us here, we struggle. I mean, most of us struggle with procrastination. How do you, you know, some people, for example, me, I, I've, I've been trying to lose weight. Uh, when people look at me and say, you shouldn't lose weight, you look great. But when I look at my scale, I know it doesn't look great as far as my health is concerned. And then I have hard time getting started. Every time I'm like, okay, next week, I promise I am going. Next week, I promise I'm going. What pushes us to procrastinate? And sometimes is is the fact that we don't act immediately, as Adam just said. And then the, the third one that he gives in the introduction uh, to, to avoid procrastination, <laughs> it's funny because it says avoid procrastination at all costs. And the, the example he's giving here is they develop the habit of success. When you achieve a task, it talks about something, something very, very important. It says, so when you achieve a task, a, a hard or easy task, something happens in your brain. So your brain or our bodies, for that sake, I know Adam will educate us more on that. We have multiple chemicals that help us function. For example, dopamine. Dopamine in, in, in your brain is what even makes you wake up in the morning, leave your bed. Without dopamine, I, I know experiences of where we're done in in, lab, lab, in labs. I was yeah, laboratory. <laughs> trying yeah. to say lab, I can't say the whole word. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say labs. In labs, they took all the dopamine chemicals from a rat, and they put food in front of the rat. It did not even have enough motivation to reach out to that food. So Brian Tracy says that when you complete a task, when you develop the habit of success, when you complete a task. There is two chemicals that are triggered, that are released from your brain, the endorphins and the dopamine. And, and the benefit of the endorphin and dopamine is that the, the endorphin is that painkiller, is the, the feel-good type of dopamine and endorphin. They go, they go hand in hand. One of them like kills the pain, the pain of not, not achieving, the pain of not being able to do what you're supposed to do. But then the dopamine gives you more motivation. And I think that's where the idea of like finish the easy task first, then you have the motivation to do the harder one. Uh, yes, it works sometimes, but it's not, it's, not, it's not always effective. The other two chemicals that are, uh, that are in, the uh, in the brain, there's the serotonin and oxygen. I'll, I'll, let's, I'll, I'll let the, the PhD student talk about it. <laughs> not, you know, chemical. Chemistry was not one of my favorite subjects, to be honest. Yeah, so, um, yeah, these different neurotransmitters, uh, they, get, they get released by, by the brain, actually, by the neurons, when you are doing something, actually, mm -hmm. or when you are exposed, mm -hmm. exposed to something. For example, like endorphins. Endorphins are um, basically released like, like as, as painkillers, is alleviating um, pretty much, the they, pain. they yeah. help you to alleviate yourself. There's like serotonin, for example, that actually just makes you happy. Mm. It's like um, I, I'm gonna give you a great example, actually, where like your girlfriend sends you a picture of her, um, and she's smiling, 
and it's just early in the morning and you just put a smile on your face. And exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's basically, she She adds you, she gives you serotonin, actually. Mm-hmm. And then there is um, oxytocin. Uh, oxytocin, in, in this case here, actually, uh, you can get a release by multiple different things, usually. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's it's by physical touch. Mm-hmm. You give somebody a hug, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. You have that, that, that aff- uh, affection. Um, and, and it's kind of the, the feeling why people love hugs. And sometimes you don't understand. If you didn't understand before, now we know. When someone hugs you, why does it feel good? It's because your brain actually releases some chemicals that make you feel good. Yeah, really. I, yeah, that, uh, that's actually, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people actually who like most of people who know me, they know like, yeah, I usually go for a hug. <laughs> right. First, like, yeah, it really, it's, um, it, it does really uh, help actually even alleviate your stress. Exactly. Um, with And then there's dopamine that actually just gives you energy and that just pushes you to do everything. It gives you energy. It pushes you to actually try to accomplish it. Mm. It's it's kind of just, it's kind of a rush in your body that's right. actually just, if you have more dopamine, like some, you know, some players would do the drug themselves mm-hmm. so they can mm-hmm. just have that, they have that rush. Um, that's rush in them. So you can, um, you can push you to get something done. You can, you can, you know, push you to do some activities actually, mm-hmm. to, you mm-hmm. know, to go for a run and, and so on. And um, it, one of, actually, if not the most important mm-hmm. uh, neurotransmitter in my opinion, uh, that is there exactly and, and and you know like everything else in life um you don't want to have too much of this stuff or too little of it you don't have enough dopamine you can't do anything you have a lot of it you 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 go crazy yeah that's why you <laughs> see people like who are in drugs who are addicted to certain things they they overcharge their brains with things like dopamine and at some point the energy goes off the chart that they no longer have any uh-huh. And they're just sitting there like like a salad. Whenever that dopamine now drops, it's like a leveler, right? If your dopamine is supposed to be, a, let's say, from on a scale of 0 to 10, your normal dopamine is at 3, for example. And you keep on pushing your dopamine level to like a 6. When you get back to a 3, which is supposed to be your normal, you have no motivation. Your new normal becomes kind of like, you know, a 5 or a 6. And you have to go now through the... Um, detox Mm -hmm. you have to detox yourself dopamine detox and things of that nature and and there are a few tips for example for your serotonin uh, sun exposure we help you balance the serotonin in you Uh, spending time in nature that's why it's important to leave the house to go outside there experience experience thing i remember i work from home full time and two weeks ago i don't have problems staying in the house for the whole day but i spent about a week, a whole week. I came back home on Sunday after church. I did not leave the house until Saturday night. And and I was talking to Plamidia. I was telling her, I'm I'm feeling I'm like I'm sad. I don't know what's making me sad. I don't I feel like I'm 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 depressed, but I don't know what it is. It's like I'm missing something, but I don't know what it is. And then she asked me a simple question. I was like, when was the last time you left the house? I was like, you know, I haven't been I haven't been on the balcony since last Sunday. She said, you know what? Let's go for a walk. And the simple fact that we left the house like at 7 p.m., you know, it takes us 7 p.m. is like 3 p.m. <laughs> around the world. You yeah. know? We left the house at 7 p.m. It was still sunny out there. And I came back home. I couldn't understand what it was until I started reading about the serotonin and what it does to, to your mood and all that. So it's important. Get some sun exposure, you know, socialize with people to, to, to bring up some more so your oxytocin, oxytocin, you know. 
and give hugs receive hugs from people you never know how far those those little things go so the fourth thing it talks about is is about habit formation and i think we talk more about this habit when we talk about atomic habits because i think james clear really goes into details about talking about it but in the habit formation uh adam yeah, uh, so there's something actually mentioned that I think is really cool. He said, be addicted to completing important, to completing important tasks. That's, that's and that is by, by a habit. Mm. When you have a habit, uh, basically it sounds more of like, a, like an addiction. Like it's what you're going to do mm-hmm. anyways. Mm. And he said, if you're going to be developing habits for anything, and atomic habits goes in deeper, mm. kind of like, the most amazing way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here he's saying that, yeah, if you're trying to accomplish anything, or if you want to be, you want to keep up a momentum, if you want to actually grow, mm-hmm. in this case, it doesn't have to be just a one thing, one-time thing. It has to be something that is a habit that can be repetitive mm-hmm. um, throughout your entire life almost, very much. And it's funny because you, you, I, I don't know if you've heard, let's say, success attracts success and failure attracts a failure. Is 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 not that really success attracts success. It's just the habits that you use to attract success. Once you keep on developing those habits and doing them all the time, they end up attracting more success to you. And it gives three different points. Uh, the first one, it talks about decision to, to form good habits. It says decision, discipline, and determination. Now, talking about decision, there's an example I noted down here. I think John Maxwell talks about it. He said there are 10 birds on a wire. And three decide to leave. How many are left? The answer most people will give is seven. But the reality is not necessarily seven. It may still be ten. I'll give you another example, maybe to explain what I mean by this. I decided to go to the gym today. But I didn't go. Deciding to do something and actually carrying out the task that you decide to do are two different things. But the first step if you want to move forward, the first step, if you want to accomplish anything, is to decide, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, the second one is discipline. Yeah, uh, discipline actually can take you can take you far. Um, there's also another book maybe we're going to review here is the, the, uh, the Four um, Disciplines of Execution. Of the condition. That's, that's yeah, a great book. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing book. Actually, I was, we were recommended by my advisor, like mm-hmm. my PhD advisor, um, Dr. Jones, to go ahead and and and, and read that that yeah. book. Um, I, I'm still I'm still going through the book. Actually, I bought the book. I have a copy mm-hmm. on my um, I have a copy on my iPad. So I'm gonna be going through it actually. To so maybe one day we're gonna review it here. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's it, it um so when when you are disciplined, actually, discipline is what brings uh, rep- repetitiveness. Mm. It's what makes you actually uh, follow a certain guideline. Or a rule and keep going at it, going at it it. at the same rate, and all of that is is rewarding. Discipline is probably the most rewarding thing that you can have. Mm. Once you have set up a discipline and you have followed through, Mm -hmm. at the end is how you get get the reward. Absolutely, and 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 uh, and and discipline. I think Zig Ziglar used to say this way: Do what you need to do when you need to do it, and the day we come when you'll be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. If you get in the habit of doing what you need to do when you need to do it, one day you can do whatever you want to do. Because if you say, for example, you have to go work out, and instead of that, you decide to sit down on your TV, guess what? You are creating a habit of not going through uh, your, your discipline or your decisions. But when you say, hey, it's time to go work out, it doesn't matter 
whether it's raining outside, whether it's snowing, if you say, today I decided at 4 p.m. I'm going to work out, and you keep on pushing yourself beyond your, your limiting beliefs that you can go and do it, you create a habit, and whenever you say, for example, hey, I want to go uh, study, now you've already created a pattern that when you decide to do something, you carry through with your discipline. Uh, and, the, and that's the reward, actually. The reward that that's you get the, out of yeah, it. Yeah, that, that you get out of it. It's like what actually keeps you, keeps you going mm-hmm. into things is the discipline you set. That's right. And once you, you are very well disciplined on something, mm-hmm. and what's going to actually make you keep doing it after you have become that, because discipline brings consistency. Mm-hmm. And after you have consistency, you start getting that reward. And when you get that reward, it's kind of now adding again. That's why rushing, like increasing your dopamine level mm-hmm. to every time you get it, you feel good. It's you like people good. who, who um, are addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Every time you get it, your dopamine is high. You increase, <laughs> you, you, you love it, and yeah. then you're happy or all of that, then you you, you have that feeling mm-hmm. you think about it. And that's what discipline does to you. Is like it gives you that feeling there. Mm-hmm. So whenever it's it accomplished, whenever it's, it's completed, mm-hmm. it feels good. And once it feels good, you want to do it, want to keep doing you it. You keep on doing it yeah. again. That's why it's, it's very crucial and important to develop, to develop good habits because the more good habits you have, the more good things that you, you will continue yeah. to do. And the last one he talks about is determination. So determination is say not giving up on a task until it's complete. Uh, I, I I don't know where I heard this from. Most probably one of those motivational videos that I've I've listened to on, on on YouTube that says that I don't stop when I'm tired. I think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger who said that. He said that I don't stop when I'm tired. I don't quit when I'm tired. I quit when I'm done. And and I think that's very important because if you get in the habit of giving up when you're tired then there's so many things you will not be able to accomplish. Let's say, for example, I, I've decided personally, Adam and I do this, we try to read a book a week. Sometimes it's tiring. Sometimes, I mean, some of these principles you learn from these books, and I just think you want to brush over. These are things that you want to sit down and start applying in your life. You need to sit down and write. And you need to think that, sit down, for example, and write, put your thoughts on paper, think on paper. And sometimes all those stuff are difficult. But if you stop doing them because you are tired of doing them, then you won't be able to accomplish anything. It's pretty much like saving. You want to save for a car and you say, okay, I'll save, I'll save. Uh, six months later, you only have $200. It's not very encouraging, but it's the beginning. You know, if you stop doing that at that point, then you won't be able to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in, in this case, buying a car. But if you keep on doing it, maybe three years later, you have more money than that that can allow you to do it. So, don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. Yeah, and um, kind of like the, the, the last thing here that's um, kind of the last point here where that is pushing kind of just as an, in, an intensive, even to read the book and even to just apply whatever is in the book mm. is um, visualization. Mm. Look at the reward you're getting. Think about it. Like You know, like we, we talked about Who Moved My Cheese uh, right. last time. Mm-hmm. And in Who Moved My Cheese, we, we saw her thinking about whenever he was about to quit, he could think about cheddar, ch- cheddar cheese, like how it smells good. And, it's, and how it feels. Yeah, and and just looking that mental in, image in your mental head. Mental image. <laughs> and, and that's I, it's what I, I even mentioned at the beginning is like oh, why I read. Mm. I read because I can picture at the end of the day that leadership skill. I can mm. actually even see, I, I'm, I'm feeling it every day. It has changed the way I speak. It has changed the way I talk to people. It mm. has changed... Uh, over, it even changed my uh, notoriety in the society. Right. Um, 
on how people actually are interacting with me. Before, of course, people were respecting me and so on. But now it's not just respecting me. It's now just um, when they need something, when they have a question of, and they need somebody to just give a 10 cents opinion. Mm. I have a lot of people reaching out to just get a, a kind of an opinion of, okay, what do you think about this? I'm not an expert of everything, right? but whatever I think about it, I'm going to give it to you straight. And it's like, so every time I visualize that, every time I visualize even more of that, it gave me the incentive to keep on growing and keep on learning. So <laughs> you, you know, one thing has, that has always also inspired me and, uh, is, is when, when I remember my dad, he had this bookshelf in his bedroom, like with over 100 books. And, and when you ask him about any of those books, you literally sit down and start explaining to you what is the book about, what you've read, and what you learned from the book. And that was also always kind of inspired me. I have a, lo- a little shelf here over maybe 40 books, maybe 50 books. But every time like I think about my son growing up and asking me, Dad, what about that book? Or I can give him a book and tell him, hey, Adam Blaze, go read this book. And you learn this and this lesson because I've read it and the impact. And the other thing also I've noticed with reading is that it's not only about what you share. Even the way you approach people or even approach issues. I remember I used to be like so many issues. I used to have strong stance, strong opinion. Like this is the strong opinion I have about this. And, and my opinion was so strong that I would not even listen to the other person, what the other person was saying. But ever since I started reading and spending more time reading, I always like visualize myself just having interaction with people, having conversation with people, sometimes even influencing their thoughts without without pushing my opinion to them, just sharing what I believe and the things that I've experienced. And and it makes just the interaction with other people very, very, very interesting. Uh, with that being said, um, after the introduction where he talks about five points, he, he goes into the first chapter to eat a frog you need a table. How do you set up your table? And uh, one of the things he mentioned there that's, uh, that uh, kind of just stick, uh, got stuck with me, mm. uh, he say that um, there's a, a quality that you develop, the quality of a winner, quality mm. to win. And he, I, I'm going to quote him here. He say, uh, definiteness of purpose. Mm. That's how you call it. Mm. And we just mentioned it on right. visualizing the future, mm. visualizing the reward you are getting from it. Mm. And that's how you set the table. And you say that, uh, know what you want. That's the first thing you should know. Mm. You should know exactly I think, what yeah. do you want at the end of the day. In, in setting up, uh, it, it talks about six steps, right? And that's the first one. Like, uh, decide, decide exactly what you want. I think that's the first one you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You say what you want, um, know what you want, and have the burning desire to achieve it. Mm. And and there is nothing more rewarding than when you have achieved something. As we said, is that you set you have to be, have very definite goals mm. and very achievable mm. goals. Once you've set those goals, and uh, and maybe you can mention it later because he's also talking about okay, you have set goals that are achievable, and you have to get actually recognition for somebody who knows how mm. accomplishing that goals feels like feels or like. it is. Right. So you can actually now know like well, this is something you can achieve. That's right. And once you have that, mm-hmm. then you have to have that burning desire, desire. Mm. to get it done. Mm. And now it talks about six, I believe seven steps here. 
uh, that. And I think Adam, we, we talk about this, maybe reflect a little bit on that, on your PhD research and how that applies. He says, the first one, setting up your table to eat your frog. The first one, you need to decide exactly what you want. And then he mentioned something from Stephen Covey with the seven habits uh, of, of highly successful people. He says that if the ladder is not leaning on the right wall, every step you take will just get us faster to the wrong place. We just get us to the wrong place faster. So if your ladder is not leaning on the right wall, if you, you're trying to achieve something, but you're going in the right direction, every single thing you do will just take you faster in the wrong, in the wrong, uh, the, in the wrong to the wrong destination. The second thing it talks about, and now if you're listening to us, maybe take time to pause and, and, and do this. Write down everything that you want to accomplish. Don't write it down in your brain. Write it down on your phone. Write it down on your paper. Our advice to write down on paper, research has shown that when you write on paper, uh, the, the activities that goes on in your mind, I lot, there's a lot more activity going on in your brain than when you type in with your phone, with your fingers. Because when you write with your hands, it's pretty much a lot more movement that you're using. So write down on paper. Think on paper. And on written goal, it says, is merely a wish or a fantasy. The third one is set a deadline to your goal. The fourth one is make a list of everything you can think of that you're going to have to do in order to achieve your goal. Now you've written your goal. Now you start writing down the things that you need. For example, let's say, okay, I need to go back to the gym. I'm talking a lot about the gym. It's my personal situation. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back to the gym and lose weight. Of course, what do you need to lose weight? Well, a gym membership. That's one thing. Another thing I need, maybe new tennis shoes. Or maybe a shirt, maybe sweatpants that, I, that I'm going to use. So those are just the list, breaking down the list of items of every single thing that you need to achieve your goal. The fifth one he talks about is organize your list into a plan. Now you start setting priorities. I will go back to the gym on January 1st, 2023. I said that about 2022 too. <laughs> but, you know, I'm definitely going back this year. But it says set priorities. Organize your list into a plan, set priorities, and take action immediately. I think Adam mentioned that, we, but we're going to uh, to go back to that. And and one, one of the things that one of my mentors told me, Dr. O. Johnson Mackey, she, she talks about school, for example. She told me if you want to be successful in school, the day you receive your homework, that's the day you should start doing it. Absolutely. Even at work, you want to be successful, the day you are given an assignment, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait until the day after. As soon as you get it, Start working on it and make little progress. Don't get it done the same day. Sometimes it will take you more time. But if you start working on it, it takes a lot, a lot of fear. So how does this apply to your PhD research? Adam? Yeah, uh, actually, all of it applies to my PhD research. And not just my PhD research, but it also applies to my company mm. directly. In research, it's all about visualization. Actually, I have to look at the picture, the result. We are made, actually, or made, or we are encouraged mm. uh, to to make an outline of how the result's gonna look like. Mm. That's the very thing, first thing I do. Um, when every year we complete an IDP, like individual development plan, mm. and um, in that IDP, I just did mine a couple of weeks ago, and um, I had a conversation with my, my advisor, Dr. Jones, with it, mm -hmm. about it. And uh, with that is, you have to set an outline that is clear of, okay, I'm gonna have a paper that's gonna have five figures. Figure number one gonna be this, Figure number two gonna be that. Figure number three, number four, number five. But I mean, of course, things can happen where you are not getting exactly those results, or mm -hmm. you got something really cool and you want to report it in there. Right. But 
in the end, you have set up kind of, you have uh, uh, managed mm -hmm. to orient things in a certain direction. And that's what engineering research is all about. Mm. The other thing, um, when you say to, to write down your objectives, your goal, that's something I started doing actually very recently, mm. is that I, in front of my desk, like on my, uh, um, right on my, uh, my, on my cubicle, mm. I have, I've pinned down what I want to accomplish every week. Mm. At the end of the week, by the end of the week, this is what I am going to accomplish. Mm. This and this is by Wednesday. This, this is by Thursday. Mm. This, everything is listed correctly. Mm -hmm. And I go and check mark. And again, it gives a dopamine rush. Exactly. It feels really good. Right. Once you've accomplished something, it feels really good. And, and especially now, like when you have like a really great leader um, in, in, and can see that and approve that of you. Mm -hmm. Like you see, like, you know, my advisor, she'll look at it and I'll tell her, okay, this is my goal for this week. It's my goal right. for that week. And mm -hmm. she'll look at it and she'll say, oh, wow, congratulations. You did such a great job. And she's, she's a cheerleader. She's really, you know, she's, she encourages us to, to really go give the best of ourselves. Um, one thing that's actually, that was directly even applied to my company, the way I actually started my company. Right. Um, the number seven here would do something every day that moves toward the major your goal. Major goal. Mm. I used to do something when I was in college. Um, mm. I mean, coming up with a company, me to just coming like sporadically with the company, like just like that. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't just by luck or it wasn't something that I just randomly come up with. Mm. It's something that I have like for almost half of my college career, I was doing something that I call 30 minutes for Congo. Mm. And a lot of my friends, I've talked to them about this and they, they know that it's every single day, whether I'm on social media or whether I'm just by myself, whether I'm writing or I'm doing something, I used to do every single day of 30 minutes for Congo. Mm. can be reading about the news on Congo, reading the Congolese constitution, understanding how things are managed in Congo, Get involved into something remotely in Congo, 30 minutes minimum every single day. Mm. To the point that when I was ready to start getting involved, now I know what I'm going to face. Right. Because we've seen um, one of the things that I've, I've always like, uh, spoken about is that we've seen a lot of people from Africa, for example, mm -hmm. uh, they spend their entire life, let's say, in the West, in the U.S., in Europe. Mm -hmm. Now they're back in Congo, I don't know, 25 years later. It's not the same Congo they left. Right. And now they're like, the business they're trying to set up, it doesn't work. And then they have they blame everything on the government. So they blame somebody mm -hmm. because they were not successful. Mm -hmm. It's like they're not documenting themselves. They're not preparing themselves well mm -hmm. to get there. So every, what I do until I was able to accomplish Bora, and even until now, mm -hmm. I still have little time that I put, little effort that I put to think about what is it that I want to accomplish in my research and in my company. And you know, that's, uh, I, I think Brown Tracy talks about it and, and thanks Adam for sharing, for sharing that information because it's very important when you want to achieve something, if you want to start a business, how much time do you spend learning about that business? Let's say you want, you know, there's a reason why some people are success, successful on social media and some are not. Sometimes it's, it takes the effort of reaching out to people like, hey, how do you set up your Instagram page? Why is your product selling and mine is not selling? And, and I don't think a lot of us do a lot of, a lot of we, we, we put in the time to do that. We don't put in the time to learn. And I think we talked about this before. And our, our next book, I believe, we talk about uh, the, five, the 15 Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. 
And and that book will probably take us a month or maybe a little yeah. longer. <laughs> it's, it's a very yeah. it's a small book, but it's not. It's yeah. one of those small yeah, books that, that's big, definitely actually. not small. You know, where it says that if you invest an hour of your day learning something every day in five years, you're an expert in that field. Yeah. And I was trying to get his his leadership or training online. And in that leadership training on communication, public speaking, it talks about if you've invested 10,000 hours doing something, you're probably become an expert in that thing. And I'm not just saying about 10,000 hours watching something. Like if you're a developer or you are a chemical engineer or you are a lawyer or you're even a, 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 a chemical engineer, not even an engineer, if you're, you're even an economist, how much time do you spend learning about the stock market? How much time do you spend learning about the things in your field? And the more time you spend about it, uh, that you spend on it, as Adam said in, with, with his company in Congo, spending just half an hour every day learning something about the Congo has helped him build a company that's actually adaptable to the model that's out there. Yeah, and also to just complete you on that, there is actually a principle in neuroscience mm. uh, where they talk about basically the learning process. Mm. It say that um, by listening and reading, mm-hmm. or just by sight and hear. Mm. And, and, and ear and hearing, we get about fifty percent of knowledge. Mm. Um, but talking about it, mm-hmm. we get about seventy-two percent of knowledge. Mm, that's amazing. And by applying mm. and doing actually what we're supposed to do, that's where expertise come from. Mm-hmm. We get about eighty-five percent of knowledge. I mean, you can never have perfect knowledge about anything. Mm-hmm. Eighty-five, maybe ninety. That's how far you can go. Mm. But for you to actually become expert. In something, you need to be reading about it. Mm-hmm. You need to be hearing about it. Mm-hmm. You need to be talking about it a lot. All my classes that I took in college, I talk about it. Mm. I break it down into very simple steps. I talk about it all the time. My research, I do the same. And then I start applying. And when I apply, now I know I can even adjust my talking mm. because now I know what is it actually to go through it. Exactly. And, and and that's very, 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 very interesting what you're talking about. You know, uh, I, I see, I see, I learn, I do, I master, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> you can see things and learn. Yeah. And that's why, you know, in this podcast, we just don't want you to just listen in. These books that we are reviewing, these books that we are learning, we are trying to apply the same principles that we are learning from this book. I was telling Adam today that I'm plenty guilty because I feel like I read this book and only took one lesson out of it. Out of the many lessons that I could have learned, I could have taken out of it. Now that I'm reviewing the same book for the second time or the third time now, it's like, okay, maybe I haven't applied this lesson and, and the way I was supposed to. And you know, human beings, we are visual beings. As a matter of fact, in communication, they say that 40% of what you hear is through your eyes. The way you're looking at something, and that's why it's important to write down your goals. Look at the paper. Look at your goals every day. Adam knows in, in this little office or studio, whatever you call it, where we record this podcast, it's just it's just one of the spare room in, in our house, actually, that we use as an office, where on the board, Adam can tell you, every time he walks in, there are my goals written down. And he can tell you that even this podcast was one of the goals yeah, that we had <laughs> written down there. And the simple fact that I can see that goal on the board, cross it out. The simple fact that every morning I can look up on the board and say, this year, I need to read 50 books. Am I close to 50 books? No. But I've read more books this year than I have in any other year. 
every year, yeah, I'll probably read a book a month, maybe a book and a half a month. But this year, I found myself reading a lot of books because my goals are written down and very, and very, uh, very organized. The second thing now, uh, in chapter two, it talks about planning every day in advance. Yeah, one thing that's actually I, I got from here is say, the better the plan, easier to avoid procrastination. Mm. Once you have everything figured out, you know the steps you're going to follow mm -hmm. to get there. That's why we're actually in research. Uh, my advisor, she's doing an amazing job actually helping us. She makes us make write outlines mm. of what we are actually trying to accomplish. One, two, three. Mm. Okay. Um, and whenever you have that outline, she tells you to write a paragraph about each of the outline. Mm. So you write the paragraph about it. Okay. Now you have content. Mm. Okay. Now go get the result. Exactly. And then you know exactly what you're trying to look and, for. And that's beautiful because even even like applying it in my field in programming, a lot of people think programming is typing. No. Programming is actually more thinking than typing. If you think more before you start writing down, you have you spend less time struggling through things. And I had one developer, he he, he was always telling me, Mark, what is it that we're trying to do right now? I'm like, okay, we are trying to do A, B, C, D. Say, okay, let's write it down. A, this is what we're trying to do, as Adam was saying, step one, step two, and step three. So a, a quote that I got from this part here, it said, planning is bringing the future into the present so that we can do something about it now. And that was from Alan, uh, Alan Lacan. And, and it talks about something that I found very interesting. It says, the 6P formula to avoid procrastination. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Yeah, and that's very self-explanatory. It's just clear right there. <laughs> it's a sent. It's actually funny. It's a sentence. If it was in French, they could have, you know, have a figure of speech for it. But like, uh, yeah, but yeah, but it's uh, it's clear. It's a very, it's a very simple thing. It's, it's like I can repeat it again. Proper, prior planning. Prior, but yeah, it says proper um, prior planning prevents poor performance. Mm. It's. Just like that. <laughs> and if, if you plan, again, it's self-explanatory. If you plan your days in advance, you have more chances. You have less chances of procrastinating or you have more chances of doing the right thing when you're supposed to do it. He advised that you never start a day, you never start something until you've sat down and decided how to approach it. And he talks about making lists. And again, this is a place where we definitely love you to make some lists. And master a master list is a list of everything that you ever want to accomplish in life. It doesn't matter. Go wild in your imagination. If you want to be the first person to really take people to the moon, you say, Elon Musk cannot do it. I'll be the first one to do it. Write it down. Write down a master list of everything that you ever want to accomplish in life. I know a lot of people do not do it, but it's crucial and important. The second thing it talks about, the second type of list, it says a monthly list. What are the things that you're trying to accomplish this month? It's July 5th. Tuesday, July 5th, what are the things that you are trying to accomplish this month? By July 31st, what are the things that you feel like, okay, this is what I was trying to accomplish. The third one it talks about is the weekly list. At the beginning of every week, it's Tuesday. What are the things that you're trying to accomplish by Sunday of this week? Whether it's school, your marriage, your relationship, uh, your kids, or whatever you are, wherever you are in your life, what are the things that you're trying to accomplish? And the last one is a daily list. The daily list, that's the one you need to write every night before you go to bed have a list of the things that you're trying to accomplish tomorrow if you want to be a better reader then say tomorrow at 7 a.m from 7 a.m to 7 30 it'll be my reading time 
And you know what's actually funny, uh, getting to this next point here, yeah. is that um, when I was reading this book, yeah. the challenging question that I came up with <laughs> is exactly the same challenging question you came up with. Oh, that's interesting. We're not together. <laughs> when I was reading the book, there's a question that my uh, one of my professors, really, um, really well-known, it's probably, we call him the God of Fluid Mechanics. Mm. Uh, his name is Dr. Hussein, Hussein from Texas Tech University. Mm. First day of class, we walk inside. He said, tell me what you want to accomplish in five years mm. and tell me you want to accomplish in 120 years from now. Wow. Yeah, that's probably, you'll be dead. By, <laughs> but you'll be probably dead by then, which means right. at the end of your life, what's the story? Mm. Tell me what you want to accomplish by the end of your life, by 120 years from now. Mm. And he could go around the room and people really don't know. 90% of people, like probably 98% of people didn't. I answered that question, and after I answered him the question, he, he kept close attention to me, hmm. and he gave me an offer to come work for him. Yeah. I, I did not really take it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a great offer, but I had other options and other visions that I was about to accomplish. accomplish yeah. yeah, he asked, in 120 years from now, hmm. who do you want to be? Hmm. What do you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And what's the story that we that will be told that will be told about you? What is that that you want to accomplish? Because once you know what you want to accomplish, it gives you, it gives you, it helps you set your priorities today. It helps you approach life differently. If you say, for example, you want to be a doctor, I know a doctor, let's say a medical doctor, you're not going to school for mechanical engineering unless part of what you want to do as an MD will we we replace some part in mechanical engineering. So what you want to accomplish in the future helps you set priorities in in, in the present. So the challenging question is, do you have a list of your goal? The things that you like to achieve in life. And if you do, what is it? And if I can rephrase that, Mm -hmm. what do you want to accomplish 120 years from now? Exactly. And write that down. How do you want to be remembered? Absolutely. When you're gone. And, and, and moving that into the third chapter of this book, it talks about applying the 80-20% rule. And, and that's uh, the first time I heard that, that, that actually, that rule, I heard it from a movie. It said that every marriage, every marriage, it's Tyler Perry movie. I think, Why Did I Get Married? I think that that's the title of the movie. It says that in every marriage, you never get 100% of what you want. You always get 80%. But then the 20%, there's always someone outside who has that 20% that you're yeah. looking for. <laughs> and then he gives this funny example. He says that people leave their marriages looking for the 20% outside. And once they get the 20%, all of a sudden they realize that they have 20% and they've lost 80% of what they needed. Maybe for, for, for those of you who are married <laughs> or in relationship, that's an advice I yeah. learned from Tyler Perry. And, and that's the reality. You never get 100% of everything that you're looking for. All of us, we have some flaws and we lack in something. And he talks about this Pareto principle. John Wilford, uh, the Pareto was, was an economist, an Italian economist. I know him because John Maxwell talks a lot about him. He says that we always have time enough if we will, but use it right. We always have enough time if we use it right. And John Pareto, uh, I mean, Viferdo Pareto says that the top 20% in terms of your activity will account for 80% of your results, which goes back to the point that Brian Tracy was making before. 
Why do we want to start with the easy things first? While the return on the easy things is not as Very great small. as the hard things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the other, a few things that he actually gives here um, as an advice, and I'm going to just uh, run through them really quickly. I got three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say, focus on activities and no accomplishments. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of people, you know, they try. That's why people, you know, gamble or try to go the easy way to get money or easy way to be successful mm-hmm. uh, in life. Whereas it's actually the success comes from daily activities that you're actually trying to accomplish. Those, yeah. that's the eighty percent, right. basically. Yeah, that you're trying to. That eighty percent is those activities that you are trying to, um, to 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 get done. Mm-hmm. And then, he, of course, you talk about uh, resist the temptation uh, to do small and easy activities first. first, and that's very important. Yeah, and the last one that I got here is like um, time for important job is the same as the time for unimportant jobs. The time where you could actually be doing something productive at work is exactly the same time where you are chatting with your colleagues. Exactly. Or browsing through your YouTube your videos. YouTube and, videos like yeah. and, and and one thing he mentioned that I really like, he said, when you start with small activities, they slow you down. And that's the biggest problem with starting with easy things. Now, Moving on to chapter four. Yeah, I think I think it's the last chapter we're gonna have to cover here, yeah. and then the, we're gonna continue the book as the like, book, uh, there are probably a few week. more episodes, or just the next next episode we're gonna try to go uh, a few faster things. He still consider the consequences. Actually, mm. what do I gain? What do I lose mm. at the end of the day mm-hmm. by the actions that I am actually taking at this moment? Mm. And 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 one thing he talks about at the beginning of the chapter, he mentioned the long term thinking improves the short-term decision-making. And I think we just talked about it. If you know what the end goal is, and, and sometimes people tell me, but Mark, I just don't know. Well, have you taken time to think about it? Because, yes, yeah, some people are born naturally, they know exactly what they want. Some of us, it probably didn't come as natural to us. It took me time to really discover and understand the things that I wanted to do and wanted to accomplish. And it takes effort. It takes time to think. Sometimes to think over several days. Sometimes to, uh, which I encourage everybody to write. Sometimes it takes effort to understand who you are. It takes effort to write down the things that you want to accomplish. Let's say, for example, you have 10 possibilities. You say, okay, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an MD. Um, I want to be a, an engineer. Well, I want to be a lawyer. No, I just want to be a, a volunteer in these activities and help people out there. And at the same time, when you walk through the list again, you realize that you probably don't have any passion for medicine. That's already one thing that's gone. When you realize, well, engineering is probably a natural thing. And you find your joy, for example, in raising pets, in 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 raising dogs, or in, in being in being, you know, in, in raising kids. Maybe you find your love in that. And by going by the method of elimination, you take out the things that are not necessary for you and only focus on the things that are necessary. So long-term thinking improves the short-term decision making. Yeah, the other thing that's actually um, that you talk about it, you talk about the law of force efficiency. Mm. You say there is never enough time to do everything, mm-hmm. but there is always enough time to do the most important, important. thing. Mm. And that takes us to the very beginning. It's the ugliest frog, frog 
first. <laughs> like it will be the most important, but also the consequences of eating that mo- that ugliest frog mm-hmm. is what actually push your career forward. Mm-hmm. It's the 80% so that in the previous chapter. Because a lot of these chapters, he's uh, saying a lot of things, but in a different ways. In a different the, way. The same, the, the, he's the driving down lessons, the same the same lessons point. and that the same point. And, yeah, and to kind of just wrap this up, there's a few questions, like three or four questions. I have one question and we probably can add the um, other three questions that are there. One of the things, uh, one of the questions that kind of I came up with here mm. is uh, which one project will have, uh, ask yourself which one project will have positive consequences in your work mm. and your personal life? Mm-hmm. Which is, what is the one thing that you know mm. that will actually have greater consequences? What's the 80%? Mm-hmm. Find out what exactly that 80% mm. and try to get it done. And and the other thing is, it, it also talks about how to maximize your efficiency is, what is it that you and only you can do? And if done well, we make a real difference. There are so many things that everybody can do, but as a leader, as a father, as a mother, as, as a student, what are the things in your group that you and you alone could do? The last one that he has to improve your efficiency is that what is the most valuable use of my time right now? Okay, I, I want to give you something that may shock you. Maybe listening to this podcast to you right now is not the most valuable thing. Maybe you need to finish up that presentation that you're working on. Maybe you need to go play with your kid as you're supposed to. Maybe you need to finish up your homework. And and as much as I love to keep you here, but if this is not the most valuable use of your time right now, then move on to something else and make time to come back to listen to this. I know we're supposed to stop here, but the fourth chapter, the fifth chapter, is 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 actually a very short chapter. It talks about practicing creative procrastination and i'll give you the idea of the chapter we'll probably talk a little bit about it next time but this is a good strategy to to uh to avoid procrastination creative procrastination is learning to procrastinate on the things that push you to procrastinate i'll refer yeah. <laughs> like let's say for example you're supposed to do your homework or you're supposed to to do a financial management for your personal finances and all of a sudden you feel this huge urge because it's a tough task that's ahead of you it's an ugly frog that's ahead of you and you have to eat it you feel like no maybe i should play the guitar right now now instead of you procrastinating the work that you're supposed to do try to procrastinate playing the guitar instead if you say okay um i'm supposed to finish this project or go to the gym at 7 p.m and at 7 p.m you're kind of sleepy instead of you procrastinating going to the gym Try to procrastinate going to bed. You say, okay, I'll go to bed at 9 p.m. Everybody practice, pro- practices procrastination. Yeah, he talked about procrastinate on purpose. Exactly. And there's one thing. The other thing he talks about, he talks about priorities versus uh, posterioritys. Mm. And that's actually like, in other words, that is procrastinating on things that are not the most important things to be done at that time. Push them for later. He said, select one thing to put off until your important goals have been achieved. And that's very important. Ladies and gentlemen, it's with that that we be leaving you today. We just crossed the top of the hour here. Uh, as always, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for always tuning in with us. We hope that you had a wonderful time. 
Uh, just a reminder, do not forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel. We are on Amazon Podcast, Amazon Music, on Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, pretty much every streaming uh, podcast application out there, uh, Anchor, Fam, and Spotify. You can always find us there. We are also on Instagram if you would like to interact with us. And if you want to learn more about us, please email us at info at theunboardedgrowth.com. Again, our email is info at theunboardedgrowth.com. You can always reach out to Adam or myself if you want to have more information. And uh, we always encourage you to uh, continue to support us, uh, sharing this podcast and also supporting us financially. As we've told you before, your donations, they go toward helping and changing the lives of the king, primarily in Congo. Uh, we support their education. Uh, that's how much we can afford right now. We uh, we try to pay for education. And with the Borough Scholars and Borough Technology, which is one of our sponsors, we've also created a lot of scholarships with them. As we told you before, one of our scholarship recipients will be here in Dallas this month. And we, when it comes, we definitely post a picture of him uh, yeah, on definitely. our Instagram Absolutely. account <laughs> and probably have uh, a short interview with him just to learn and understand his journey through his personal growth and personal development. Growing up in Eastern Congo in a non-English speaking country, he learned English by himself and has accomplished a lot of things back there and he will continue to do great goods here. With that being said, thank you again for tuning in. Until next Tuesday, we'll continue to talk about Eat the Frog. You want to be successful? Learn to eat a frog. Learn it early, eat it every day, and eat the frog you are first. Absolutely. You have a wonderful <laughs> week, and God bless you. <laughs>